I'll say, bless the Lord, if you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord, bless his holy name. Hi, Kairos, I'm Chris, I'm the pastor here. Thanks, Boggs, for pastoring us uh, through music and through scripture. Um, what a delight you are. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, if you're new with us tonight, um, relax. Uh, this is kind of our relaxed vibe. We like to pull back about every four or five weeks um, and remind ourselves that it's the voices of the people of God um, that God is enthroned on and we worship him with, um, that a lot of times we don't need more, we need less. And sometimes we need to come in and take a breath and be reminded through scripture and through sacrament that God loves us and he's for us and he's glad you're here tonight. So um, we'll be taking uh, Eucharist in a few short minutes and I'll give you plenty of instructions. Um, and if you're comfortable, we'd love for you to join us at the family table. Afterwards, we'll have family dessert. Um, if you can beat my kids out there, if there's nothing left, just blame it on the pastor's kids. <laughs> um, actually, they're storing it up for me when I get home. I'm just, just kidding, no they're not, it's for my wife. Um, <laughs> We want to be the kind of people who engage the whole person with the whole gospel anywhere, anytime, with anybody. And basically another way to say that is we want to be the kind of people who can do for others what Christ has done for us. We want to be able to do for others what Christ has done for us. I think a lot of us get the first part of that sentence accurate and we carry that around. I think a lot of us forget the second part about what Christ has done for us. And that's why we have Eucharist. Eucharist is just a Greek word that means thanksgiving or grace. It's just a fancy way that I like saying things that invoke mystery and holiness and awe and wonder, even if it is just grape juice and pressed paper that has no flour in it, you're welcome. <laughs> I was uh, at a camp one time uh, preaching and uh, I was really, really impressed by the adult group leaders who were there. Um, they served and sacrificed in incredible ways. Many of them had full-time jobs and took a week of vacation off to go to a youth camp to serve dirty, smelly teenagers. And I'm just like, wow, you're so much more spiritual than I am. And I just, I kept being impressed with the minister there. I'm like, how did you rate up such an incredible bunch of volunteers and servants? And it just seemed like they were always asking me, is there anything you need, anything you want? And it just seemed like everything was taken care of and was really, really impressed. And one night we were all gathering together before the worship service and we were praying and talking about what we wanted to see the Lord do. And it was incredible. And I felt like we were really unified. And then I managed to kill that spirit. Um, as we were walking to the worship room, um, I happened to be out in front and I got the door first and I got to hold the door for the leaders, which was just such a delightful act of worship for me. Like, let me hold the door while you guys who have done most of the work going before me. And one, two, three, four, five, six of them walk by. Thanks, 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 Chris, you're welcome. And then there's one guy who I would say he was the biggest workhorse of them all. Like never stopped doing things, was always there, was always taking care of everything. And he looks at me, stares at me, and I'm like, oh, we're about to have a, a how big a boy are you moment, right? Reaches his hand up and puts it over top of my hand where I'm holding the door. And he says, you can go ahead and go in. I said, no, man, it's my joy actually to serve you. And he says, no, I really must insist. And before I even thought about it, I said, well, you know, C.S. Lewis says pride masking as humility is the greatest form of hypocrisy. <laughs> Probably not the best place to throw that quote. 
at that moment. That's what we call prophetic burp. You're like, oh, excuse me, did you smell that? I apologize. Something I ate earlier. I didn't mean to get it all over you, okay? It was hot dogs and C.S. Lewis, all right? My bad. And I mean no disrespect to that gentleman, but there's a lot of you in here who get that. You're the giver. You're the server. You're the one people call when they need someone to talk to. And I wonder if you haven't forgotten how to receive. And so Jason Cook was here last week, and how good is my friend Jason Cook? Oh, gosh, yeah? Right, I know. You're welcome. I introduced you to him. Remember that. Um, So I was watching it for a second time online. (laughs) You don't need to hear that story. Uh, That's me self-editing for time's sake. But uh, he said this, one of the, uh, he's talking about active intimacy with Christ. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch last week's sermon. It was remarkable. Um, He said, uh, legalism at its core is practicing Christianity without Christ. And I thought that is one of the best definitions I've ever heard. I would add to that tonight that legalism for some of us is we have learned how to serve others but we have forgotten how to let Christ serve us. And that's why we need the table every month. Shoot, we need it every week, but we'll start with every month, okay? We need to come and remember the service and sacrifice, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And not only does that happen in the context of the Passover meal, as we're about to look in John, something else happens where Jesus goes above and beyond with sacrifice and service in such a way that it actually makes one of the disciples cringe back in revulsion and say, there's no way I can accept or receive this. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And we'll start reading in verse 1 through 15. While you're turning there, I'll pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Spirit, would you cut an irrigation trail straight to us and water us? Would we produce leaves that don't wither, even in drought, even in suffering, even in financial difficulty, even in loneliness, would we blossom? Because there's a river of life flowing up in and out of us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Well, it's good to hear you guys. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, 
you to understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. I feel like I could let Jesus say that to me every day. Like, do you just feel like you need to hear that from Jesus? <laughs> you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but someday you will. Please, Lord, come. No, Peter protested. This is great. It's just so funny. I love it. He just keeps rebuking the son of the living God. It's funny when other people do it. No, Peter protested. You will never wash my feet. Awesome, buddy. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Uh, time to backtrack, right? Now Peter's going to overcompensate. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands, my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. <laughs> oh, what a kindred soul. And Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except the feet to be entirely clean. And listen to this, and you disciples are clean. But not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put the robo gown and sat and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You called me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. The word of the Lord. Do as I have done to you. That's why we're coming to the table tonight, to remind ourselves of the service and sacrifice that Jesus laid down for us. And that we as Christians are only capable of giving that which we receive. Um, two quick Greek words, and th then we'll get the challenge down. Um, that's inappropriate. I apologize. Um, we are going to feast on the body and blood of Jesus in a very holy and sacred way. Um, so in this little exchange, there's two Greek words that help uh, illuminate some of Jesus' nuance as John is re recalling this scene for us. Uh, the first one is nipto. Say nipto. No, that's not what happens when you scrape your toe on the bottom of the pool um, and it feels funny for three weeks. Uh, nipto refers to washing just one body part. So um, Jesus comes and says, hey, I'm ready to nipto your feet. And J Peter's like, no, nipto. And he's like, yes, nipto. And then finally, P Peter says, then luami, which is washing the whole body. So nipto and lua, you're welcome. All right. Six semesters of language all for this moment, okay? <laughs> he objects to the nipto. And he can't believe that the son of the living God would stoop down and wash the dirt in his feet. My question for you tonight, is there any dirt that you're bringing to the table tonight that you've decided to hide from Jesus? That you said, no. I can't let you wash that. I can't let you clean that. Even though you know you're a child of God, even though that you know he's declared you holy and pure, yet the dirt and the grime that you drug in as a particular area of your life, you're embarrassed and ashamed of and won't even let the son of the living God put his hands on it and clean it. Now he's reminding them that they're already been made clean. He'll say this again in a different place where he says, you've been made clean by the message that I've spoken to you. And some of you tonight may just need to be reminded of a passage in Hebrews that simply says this, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean 
and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Come to the table again tonight and let the Lord take the dirt and the grime that's accumulated. You don't have to hide it. And please don't deny him the privilege and joy it is to make you clean. Peter then overcorrects, probably because he's afraid, oh, did I get it wrong again? Or what do I need to do? And then he says, luami, wash my whole body. And he says, you don't need that. You've already been made clean. And he's speaking, I think, in spiritual terms here. But my question for some of you tonight is, what is the dirt in your life that makes you doubt your salvation? What's the one place that you go, I'm not really sure if God loves me and has saved me because I still struggle with this. I don't necessarily think that's a bad question as long as you bring it to scripture and bring it to community. Because there's some of you in here tonight who are not followers of Jesus. You have not been converted. You have not decided to pick up your cross daily and follow him. And I can think of nothing better than for you guys to decide to do that tonight and to come to the table and feast with us as a brother or sister in Christ and to know that in the words of Ephesians, he's gonna make you holy and blameless by washing you clean with the water of his word. Thanks be to God. But I think one of the adversary Satan's greatest tactics is to make sure children of God live in silence and shame and think their dirt is too disgusting. And you deny one of the very reasons that Christ came, to sacrifice and to serve and to make us clean. So tonight, let us come together to the table together and let the Lord make us clean again. Amen.